welcome everybody to another edition of To the Turnbuckle, presented by Bruiser Nation Productions, right here on Heel Turn Wrestling on Facebook. We're also cross-posting on Score on Their Network and our own personal Facebook page. That's right, we are back, back again, and we promise to get more wild than Urban Meyer after a loss on Thursday night. <laughs> Said that! Said that! Heading on down to Columbus, he's going to have himself a time. Mm. Friendly laps everywhere. <laughs> By God, he can't say no to temptation. Anywho, look, ain't none of us perfect, all right? Ain't none of us perfect. Okay. <clears throat> that was a good intro, wasn't it? That was pretty good. Uh, but let me do a proper intro for these gentlemen. I, of course, am Mr. Logan, Logan, Andy Morris, or whatever's left of him. You'll have to pardon me. I'm a little, little dazed today. But, luckily, luckily, I have two gentlemen here to keep me on the path of righteousness, if you will. Let's start out with Mr. Righteous himself, my favorite minister, depending on the day. Depends on how judgmental he wants to get, or how much he wants to knock Goldberg. Of course, I'm talking about the father of the year, the man who puts the Terminate in this entire Terminator, if you catch my drift, he is Mr. X-Factor, if you will, Jason McDaddy McCarthy. How are oh, you? hi, everybody. Well, yeah, you you probably won't like me here in a little bit, but it's fine. It's all right. I hate you most weeks. It's okay. That's fair. It's all right. Well, it's, it's okay. All right. <clears throat> but doing all the stuff behind the scenes, getting us still set up and ready to go, we're not going to hear too much from him early on. Cause he's got, cause he's a busy, busy beaver. All right, he's in mourning. He's watching Ben Roethlisberger go down the tubes. Now we don't know that yet. Uh, it's a little too early to say for sure, but it's looking rough. It's looking mighty rough. Uh, of course, I'm talking about the man that makes this whole thing happen. He's got the hottest wheels in motorsports. He's got the hottest wheels in podcasting. He's got the hottest wheels in professional wrestling, and he is the actual owner of this big time fine belt. I, of course, am talking about Lauren's future hubby, Travis Gnarly Napper. Oh, boy. I probably just peeked the mic there, but that's fine. That's fine. Wake the hell up. Everybody. Everybody wake the hell up. Oh, what a beautiful, beautiful day. Even though I don't have the uh, name plates up, so I can't do my illustrious little secret to one Logandy Logan Morris for that cheap shot. Mr. Big Ben Roethlisberger, but it's okay. I mean, I'm pissing off Steeler fans, Buckeye fans, anybody you can think about. <sighs> You're lucky that I'm crippled, and that's a far, far away to get for somebody that can't hardly walk. Because <laughs> I'm going to come over there, put you through the table, and then take back my belt. And then he's going to say, you know what? You're right. Your <laughs> Roethlisberger's done. <laughs> I mean, probably. Look, I don't blame you. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Dwayne Haskins, but that's beside the point. All right, we're ready to do a show. Sure. Because instead of talking about my misery, well, you could be Urban Meyer. I mean, he's still. Could have brought up my misery. I mean, I bet a lot of people wish they were Urban Meyer at the. 
present moment. I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I suppose. I he he was sitting on the back of the stool. He had his hands on the front of the stool. Maybe he just wasn't trying to be rude. He looked like he was waiting on a bus. It was weird. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of weird. I was like, I was like, man. His bedroom life is dead. Uh, don't say nothing. Don't breathe. Don't do nothing. Yeah. Just sit there. He just looks, sit there. He looks like me in the sack. Uh, it's just, that's just tough, tough stuff. Anywho, as you can tell, we're PG-13 around here, folks. By the way, I like the shirt. Thank you, sir. I got the Alexa Bliss shirt, but I like that shirt, too. I almost got that one. It, it's, 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 well, I'm glad we didn't match. It would have been weird for me. It would have been awkward. But we're going to move past that someday. Like a Cody Rhodes heel turn. Hopefully. Someday. 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 We'll put the Glocks away. That's an Arn Anderson reference. Don't get all fired up on me. That was, that's, that was such a great promo, though. That, that really was a great promo. I was like, was like, he's like... still the <laughs> All right. Let's talk a little wrestling. First, let's talk about what the hell is going on with Shane McMahon. And Mr. McCarthy, I'm going to focus on you because Mr. Sultry Shad Gaspard over here, it's based on the shirt R.I.P., uh, he's got some work to do, so we'll let him work on it, and we'll talk about Shane McMahon. Have you seen these rumors that Shane McMahon is done with the WWE in some form or another, or maybe completely, essentially Shane McMahon and WWE are playing one fine game of hokey pokey? One foot in, one foot out. I know it's offensive to us handicaps. Uh, so, Mr. McCarthy, what do you make of these rumors? Do you think that Shane is entirely done with the WWE? Do you think he's still a part-time talent? Do you think he's an executive at any point? Do you think the Triple H has gotten him into here and go, this guy sucks? Uh, what is the status, in your opinion, with Shane McMahon? And do we see him wrestle again anytime in the near future as far as, like, manias go? Is he still the part-time talent? Give me your thoughts. What's going on with Shane? Has has he fallen out of the will again? Let me know. I, I don't think he's fallen out of the will. Um, however, from from the my professionalism and reading reports five minutes before the show goes live, I, I guess I would have to say that he's probably done for a little bit, taking a nice little break. And I don't think we'll see him like at WrestleMania next year, but maybe two to three years, maybe he'll come back to TV. And, and you know, Shane, I mean, nothing's going on between him and Vince personally, but it's Vince's baby. He likes to go out and try to do his own thing, and that's fine. That, that's what I think's going on. It's just time to him for him to go out and try to do stuff again. McCarthy, I don't like this. I, uh, Shane is my second favorite man besides Vince. Uh, I, I like Vince a lot more like Stephanie, but that's just how I feel on that. You know, I like watching Shane take a stupid, ridiculous leap every year. I mean, crash pad or no crash pad? I, frankly, how is Chris Jericho going to take any notes if, if Shane McMahon stops wrestling? I mean, they can have stuff, man. That's fine. I'm, I'm feeling great today. I'm, I'm here to piss off everybody. Because you're going to make me mad when it comes to Goldberg. So, that's all right. I'm going to get mine. See, I think he'll be around as a part-time talent because, let's be honest, how many more part-time talents do we have? Lesnar's going to be around 
Taker is considered retired, but it's kind of a question mark. Triple H just had a heart procedure. Hogan can hardly walk. Ric Flair is going through his own Hogan moment, if you catch my drift. Uh, like, there's not, there's there's less and less names in the can to go, hey, hey, pal, hey, pal. So I think that if you need a big match, uh, Shane's somebody that does sell, and he always performs. He always performs. You cannot tell me that Braun Strowman and Shane McMahon didn't surprise us all. It was good. Was it special? Yeah. No, but, but, but we thought it'd be like, well, this is going to suck. Uh, and that that wasn't the case. Um, like I said, uh, Chris Jericho should have took notes on that, that WrestleMania uh, plunge. Steel Cage. Just just saying. I'm just saying, McCarthy, it's all right. He's not Look, perfect. he okay. did fine. None of us Dear are. Dear Lord. None of us are. Uh, Chris Jericho is certainly in better spirits than Urban Meyer this week. None of us are perfect. That's That's what we find out. So I think he's going to wrestle again at WrestleMania. I mean, I think Dallas, Texas, that's what got him back originally with The Undertaker at Hell in a Cell. Uh, 100,000 people. I think he'll be around. Now, what will he do? I have not a single iota of a clue. Uh, you know, I, who knows? Uh, it just depends. Uh, it, it depends on the landscape, to be honest. But, but yeah, I, I think, like you, who knows what's going on with Shane? Because I don't think anything... Shane coming or going doesn't matter anymore, and I'll tell you why. Because all Vince has got to do is make a call, hey, you want to come to a match? Because the reality is, he's not Triple H. He's not Stephanie. So he's not very involved, to our knowledge, on the creative side. I'm not saying he couldn't be, but he's just not, hasn't been that guy for a lot of years. And so I think it's a matter of, hey, when we need you, I'll give you a call. And for now, you go do your own thing. And so I I think we see him again. Uh, I, I think at WrestleMania, because like I said, we don't know what the status is on all these part-time talents because we used to have it, – it felt like just three or four years ago, it was part-time or palooza that you could call, and here's a big match, here's a big match. But now with, with Cena's Hollywood commitments and Rock's Hollywood's commitments and Taker's retirement and, and advancing age and Triple H's heart issue, and like, like I already talked about Hogan can't – he can hardly walk as far as let alone wrestle. And then what's going on with Flair? All of a sudden, guys, we are down to a select few that Vince can call uh, for the part-timer Paloozas, if you will. Isn't that kind of odd, McCarthy? I mean, it's odd. It's definitely a drastic change in the past from the past five years, but I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. Now, t- trotting out legends and part-timers isn't terrible as long as they're used properly. That's not what I'm saying. But this puts more pressure on the current roster to know that there's no one coming to save the ratings. And you know what they say, pressure creates diamonds. So maybe they'll continue on this trend of – since they don't have the part-timers to rely on and these current full-timers will be able to really step out and create something special here in the next six months. Let let us only hope that we call a few more part-timers. That's right. I said it. Give me more. Give me more part-timers. We did get a part-timer on Raw last night, but we'll talk about that first. Let's talk about our overall thoughts on the WWE draft. Uh, I think it was a great draft overall, but especially a great draft for Monday Night Raw. And the the most pick, the biggest pick I'm excited for, Gable Stevenson. That excites the hell out of me. 
when they're treating him like that big of a deal off the bat, it says one thing to me, all capital letters, like that door you love, push. Push. See what I did there, door, push. All right, I'm trying to make it work here. Uh, What did you think of the draft, McCarthy, and who do you think came out better on on the end of this thing? Which, Which brand? So I do think Raw probably did come out better. I like the format. Now, you know, Raw didn't get extra picks just because they have that extra hour. I like how SmackDown got the first pick Friday because it was SmackDown, and then Raw turned around and got the first pick Monday because it was Raw. My only complaint is there wasn't a lot of movement, and I get you want to keep a lot of your champions on the show, and I think the only thing they need to format a little differently is just make champions accept exempt from being drafted because yeah roman reigns is a huge get big e is a huge get but it's like oh good now who are they gonna wrestle the same people they've been wrestling that i guess that would be it's not it wasn't a terrible draft but the tagline everything's changing again and this that and the other i didn't really feel a lot of that now i'm not poo-pooing the draft because there was movement and there's a lot of important pieces that got moved around but a lot of about half the picks on both nights were stayed on the same show and i'm almost excited as you are with gable stevenson he's taken that moniker of the only olympic gold medalist in wwe history away from Kurt Angle, I want to know how he feels about it, but I think we're gonna he, he's gonna be something special. We've seen these elite Greco-Roman wrestlers come in and just adjust very well to the WWE style, and I don't think Gable Stevenson will be any different. Let me promise you, boys, girls, and children of all ages, um, uh, any 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 individual out there. When they start making Steveson t-shirts, yours truly is going to have a whole lot of t-shirts. God, I spend too much money on t-shirts. You know, I, I could probably have a career off the ground by now if I'd stop investing so much in my t-shirt game. But it's a good t-shirt game. Speaking of t-shirt games, yeah. I mean, uh, if we're all going to show off t-shirts. R.I.P. Brody Lee. We will talk about that episode in full in just a moment. Well, not just a moment, but in a few moments. Uh, yeah, I thought Raw came out on the better end, but but there you are, you're poo-pooing. You're, you, you're poo-pooing the draft. I didn't poo-poo. A, I took, said things that I didn't like about it, but overall it was a decent post, draft. A Chipotle-sized post, I'm not going to say what, for the sake of our centers, on the draft. Look, Raw needed it, because guess what? SmackDown's got Roman Reigns, the tribal chief, the head of the table, the bloodline, we the ones. That's all they really need. Sure, you need the occasional story to happen. Guess what? They also got my man Big D. That's right, Drew McIntyre. So we're good there. SmackDown's been doing good. But we've all talked about how Raw is an absolute dumpster fire like me competing in triathlons. I said me. I said me. There are plenty of Haiti capable people that can do it. I'm not one. So, they needed to kind of flee SmackDown here, and they did. Bam, kick it right off the bat with the man is back on Raw. And by the way, she's got some interesting looks ever since coming back. Just what, just some different, different vibes. Looks like Ben Stiller and Zoolander last night. Um, anybody remember Zoolander? McCarthy, you're 50. Sadly, yes. Yeah, I was going to say, you're good. It's a reference. Uh, 
But I, we want to know, Bucket Brigade, who do you think won the draft? Did Raw fleece SmackDown, as some are saying? And is that the right call? Because everybody goes, well, SmackDown's the A show now. And, and it is. But I don't have to insert a catheter in for it. I love all the talent that came to Raw. I love it. Absolutely love it. AJ Styles, the best wrestler in the world. Suck it, no balls, Omega. Um, he stays. He stays on Monday Night Raw. RK, bro, still on Monday Night Raw. Look, don't you think, McCarthy, that because we have said that Monday Night Raw, even though lately has been some good episodes, but overall, over the last year or so, we have said, my God, what a cluster muck. Didn't Raw need this draft to inject life? We talk about a lethal dose of poison. This got a lethal dose of life. Life. Don't well, no, of course, of course they did. But I didn't say that, oh, because Raw stole people from SmackDown and SmackDown got fleeced. I didn't like it. I didn't like so many people staying on the same show. Right, so That's a different conversation. Give us, come on. The one thing I always say as a sports fan, as a WWE fan, when, when you criticize, and we're all good about this, but but where who do you think dropped the ball? Who do you think should have went where? What sticks in your head? Who should have jumped that didn't jump? Well, I already said that. I said next year the champions need to not be able to be drafted. Well, that, but that doesn't change anything. No, you said what? No, what it does. Do you want to see it changes Raw? a lot. Who, who went to Rollers back down the, or stayed that you're like, oh, that's crappy. I think Cesaro should have gone to Raw, for instance. I think Sami Zayn should have gone to Raw. I'm surprised. I think they. I think they needed. Drafted, to be honest, a, you, given their contract a, statuses, uh, does, could that they needed a change? Some good news in the let's keep Kevin and Sammy in in the number one company in the world. Uh, could that represent some changes in their contract status, or are they just throwing them in there because plenty of people didn't get drafted? So is the fact that Kevin and Sammy, since they got drafted, could that mean that there's been a change in their contract status? I don't know if there's been a change, but it may be a way to keep them when it comes up. You know how a lot of these guys are now. They're not going to re-sign until it's closer to the date because they want to be able to see what else is available. Like Urban Meyer. Gotcha. (laughs) I'm so mature. (laughs) Look, Look, I'll just be honest with you. I don't like the guy. (laughs) <laughs> no, really? Uh, who would have figured that? A Penn State fan. Uh, Mr. Napper, are you ready to chat yet, or you want us to carry on? No, I can chat. What's up? What are you, what's your overarching thoughts on the draft? You know, who won? Uh, are you like McCarthy, and you're taking uh, White Castle rounds on it, or because that's how it feels? <laughs> that's how it feels. <laughs> What do you think of the draft and and who came out better? Is SmackDown suddenly in dire straits? Is you know, give us your thoughts. Come on, talk to me. I you can talk about the Urban Meyer situation if you like. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, no, I actually enjoyed the draft. I I agree with McCarthy. There were a couple things that it, they didn't really make that many changes. I, I expected a little bit more. The one issue I really have. Why are we swapping the women's champions after we just gave them both the belt 
within practically the last month. But they both have a match at Crown Jewel. Crown Jewel, pal. Hmm, I wonder how those matches will go. You're going to lose, and you're going to lose. Or they win, and they swap titles. If they do, a Street Profits, New Day, swapping of the titles. I can't see Becky losing. I will puke in disgust. How in the world is Becky going to lose? Sasha Banks pins Bianca Belair, who's not on the show. Plus, uh, you know, just we're trying to are we trying to move Charlotte closer to Ric Flair's reign? That way we can act like he didn't exist. Probably. Probably. Well then by God, call it John. Let's get it back here. Well, I, I guess. I don't think SmackDown got fleeced. Uh because I think there's a lot of good stories that they can tell. Um from a, from a I said this in our group chat, from a tag team standpoint. They absolutely dominated with the tag teams. I mean, they have the Usos, they have the New Day, they have uh, Viking Raiders, they got Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo. So they they walked out clean with the tag teams. Mm-hmm. As far as like the women go, I don't think they did too bad. It, I feel like SmackDown has started to become the place where they start to make the stars better. So I'm okay if they're taking people that aren't as well-known or aren't as established. I feel like anymore when they bring them up to the main roster, I know NXT is where they try to develop them, but I do kind of feel like where SmackDown has become the place, even though it's like the A show for a lot of people, it's the place where they establish the stars because they focus more on storytelling. So I'm okay with some of the newer women being on SmackDown. I think that's great. Um I just hope they actually do something with some of them because Aaliyah was drafted to Raw how many freaking months ago and never did anything with her. And then... Who Who the hell is Aaliyah? And then I know the big thing is everybody's looking at, like, the the main superstar, the men's superstars, and you got to question, well, who's really there for Roman to face? Because... Big D! You don't have... Well, yeah. You don't have Finn anymore. You lost Kevin Owens. Um, you know, Edge is gone. Seth is gone. Drew's definitely one of them. I think uh, Cesaro should still definitely be in that conversation. Sheamus should be in that conversation. I want to see that rivalry get renewed because it didn't get a proper end, in my opinion. And I got a name for you that should be in this conversation that I got from a buddy of mine named Justin Seeger. You know who should be in this conversation? Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy. Yep. Should be. I agree. Yeah. I completely agree. Completely agree. Um, And I'm glad they didn't let him win the U.S. title because I feel like it would have, it wouldn't have been as special. I hope they build him back up to the point where he can win a world title. I would be totally selfie between him and Austin Theory. It really was great selfie. Posted right on social media like 20 minutes after. Great, great picture taking. Um. I think if they do this right, they could build it back up to where I, I am not kidding anybody when I say this. We were all at Extreme Rules, minus Jason. If they had given the belt to Jeff Hardy, that place would have freaking lost. Is it's mine? Not just us. That been. place would have exploded. I am not joking. I would have taken my shirt off, went to the concession stand, and gave me all the ketchup and mustard you got. 
Because I am I'm the cover. I would have doused myself in, in this jolly big belly. I would have bought those arm things he wears. I still don't understand the appeal to him. I don't want to buy something that's got like 50 million holes in it, but I would have bought them. That's all right. These days that's stylish in jeans for some reason. I, I don't get it either. Uh, I think they uh, they not copy but borrow from that storyline with The Undertaker have Jeff Hardy beat Roman in a ladder match. I, like I think it. that's how you get the title back I on Jeff like Hardy. It. Plus, we also have to we also have to take into account and you know, kind of spoilers. But before we talk about Raw, he gave a promo on Raw stating maybe it's time to see a new side of Jeff Hardy. Willow could Willow finally finally make a debut. In WWE, please, wrestling god, make it happen. Not the wrestling god you're all thinking of. I mean a different one that doesn't say the word woo. Fair. All right. All right. Uh, Vince is like. You had one. You had like four shots at Urban Meyer. I get one shot at Rick. I think I've established very well on this show who gets shots at who. Three people allowed, but we'll talk about it. It's all right. We'll talk about it. Oh, we do have some breaking news. The raw ratings are in. Oh, uh, do tell. They drew an average of 1.857 million viewers on USA Network. That is up 8.6% from last week's episode. The first hour drew 1.949 million. The second hour, <clears throat> the second hour was 1.8. And then the final hour was 1.7, which was way up from last week's third hour, 1.596. So, again, let me tell you, folks, because who kicked off that third hour? Goldberg. Uh, that's, that's, that's why he comes back, because he shows an uptick in the ratings. It's not major, but there's about 100,000 to 100,000 people that, I, and I know the draft had a lot to do with it, but the fact that they kept that much interest in the third hour probably says he had a little bit to do with it as well. Yeah, I love those piped-in Goldberg chants, too. Those are great. What? The piped-in Goldberg chants? Those are amazing. Just spot-on. Just spot-on. Well, that's, yeah, right. I mean, really taking a fall there off the case. Just just Uh, fantastic. Yes. uh, How about they go ahead and just put the lyrics back up to Judas? I think we're forgetting the words like we're getting Heimers every week. Because we're all tired of hearing it. You talk about a shame old. Story. I'm not tired of hearing it. So, so the man can't reinvent himself from '98, but by God, we can do the same damn shtick with an entrance for two years. This is ridiculous. I'm telling you, it's, it's been the same song. They've only been singing it for six months. I, I'm, well, I'm tired of it. I'm very, very tired. I am fatigued. And you know, I respect and love Chris Jericho not as much as you, but you know, I respect him. But dear God, if I never hear a bunch of drunken teenagers and 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 adults that aren't McCarthy's age sing Judas one more damn time, I'll be so happy I might skip naked down the road here it, in Whitehall. It's a it's a sight to behold when everybody knows the words, but when yes, no one but knows the words, but they don't know the terrible. words anymore. <laughs> Can they we establish do. that? up on it and i'm like why aren't we doing that still they did it because he wasn't allowed to have theme music that was the only reason why the lyrics went up well, in the first place back because i'm telling you it's it's tough but nonetheless my point is not genuinely that let's talk about goldberg and how great he is 
my point is, is I think Vince will look at that third hour and go, huh, that's why I keep, because he does every time. So it's one, but he shows a small uptick in the ratings, and, and everything matters to USA Network and Fox, as we know. So that's, that is why Goldberg and keeps on coming back, and that's why we get the draft every week, and, or every year, I should say. It feels like every week. Uh, and by the way, I love more gimmicks coming up. King of the Ring is back. And a new one. Yeah, Queen, the Queen of the Ring. It's called Queen of the Ring. Why the hell are we calling it Queen's Crown? Who the hell came up with that? Let's call it Queen's Crown, pal. It was probably Shane. No wonder he got fired. Uh, <laughs> but let's talk Friday Night Smackdown. We'll talk about the, the new tournament here in a moment. Brock Lesnar laid waste to Roman Reigns of the bloodline. Later on in the show, he credited Paul Heyman, his good friend Paul Heyman, for his now free agent status. That's right, he'll be on both Raw and SmackDown when he gets paid enough. Um, so, I don't know who in the hell taught Brock Lesnar how to cut a promo, but damn, that was good. And, and really, if you think about it, because I was going back and looking at some old Brock stuff, not that old, but... But a few years ago, he's gotten a lot better over the last few years, really, because the R-True stuff was good and the not scared. Or the I got a year, boom, boom, boom. Uh, and, the uh, of course, Heath Slater and, and his kids. Uh, let's get, I got kids, man. I got kids. Let's talk about your kids. So were you surprised at how effective and scary Babyface Brock was? He was being so polite to Kayla, I was stunned. Uh, Mr. McCarthy, thoughts on the Brock Lesnar promo and Brock Lesnar carnage to kick off SmackDown? I thought the Brock Lesnar carnage was spot on. We got a nice little taste of him assaulting Roman Reigns, and then he finished the job with the Usos. His promo work, like you said, has gotten way better, and we didn't even notice. And I feel like... Knowing Paul Heyman for so long and being so close to Paul, it's made a big difference in his promos because it's not like Vince all of a sudden said, you know what, Brock, we're going to turn you face. They've probably had this conversation multiple times. Brock's been in the business for a long time. He might not like people overall. He might like to be on his ranch more often than not. But that doesn't mean he doesn't take his job seriously. He knew that if he was going face, Paul couldn't be with him. He's going to still be with Roman Reigns. And the other part of it, it shows that he's grown and learned from the veterans as far as not only character work, but what his character says and does. I don't think Paul Heyman had anything to do really with him being a free agent. This is all mind games for Brock Lesnar. When was the last time he played mind games with his, with his words to somebody? Normally he'll just beat the crap out of you and make you be afraid of him. But right now he's playing mind games, getting in the head of Roman Reigns that no one's been able to do yet. And, and they cut to Paul Heyman, and Paul Heyman is in practical tears. From the- <laughs> I don't, I don't think there was anything practical about that. Like, I don't know how he did it, but he was from the mortal fear of both men. He is both uh, so afraid of his tribal chief and his conqueror that he doesn't know what to do. He looked like he was having an altar last night on Raw when they cut to him. <laughs> and- he is in such mortal fear of both individuals, he has no idea what to do. The only thing I can say is 
he needs to calm down a little bit because he's going to get himself a little too worked up doing all this stuff. Because he's, he's been acting so perfectly this like entire he, time. When they, when they showed him like I'm I'm just hoping he doesn't like actually give himself one with all this acting because, I mean, he's getting real into it. So what do you think of the Brock Lesnar carnage to kick off SmackDown and then the Brock Lesnar promo later on in the night with Kayla Braxton that had that cringeworthy beast-like wink there? Oh, the carnage is great. It always is. Brock Lesnar knows mostly one thing, and that one thing is carnage. And so... I enjoyed it. I love it. I love every time Brock Lesnar beats the crap out of millions and millions of people. So I loved it. Um, but the promo was, that was it for me. That was the best part of the entire show was just seeing Brock Lesnar pop up randomly on the TV. And, oh, he's talking to Kayla. Oh, he's grabbing the mic. Oh, God, he cut a promo. <laughs> it went well. And then did a wink. It went well and he winked. Who is this new Brock Lesnar and can I have a beer with him? Someone come on, COVID vaccine. <laughs> Fail. Fail. <laughs> no, but like you guys said, you got to give him so much credit because he has really put in the work with his promos. And it's, I love the way they're working with him because we all said it. It doesn't have to be a lot. That's the one beauty of Brock Lesnar. It doesn't have to be this long, drawn out. Kenny Omega and Daniel Bryan. It doesn't have to be this long, drawn-out John Cena promo. Short, sweet, to the point. That's all we really need. Because at the end of the day, the main focus is you are Brock Lesnar. I am scared of you. That's all I need. End of the story. Okay. Someone's going to get their ass kicked. And then you're going to go home to your ranch. Cool. That's all I need. Uh, see, I still think he's turning on. I think I think Heyman's turning on Roman. I, I do too. I believe that. Well, I believe it. I think I think at Crown Jewel he turns on him because he's going to say, "Well, at least I always knew that I was." Because they can do the simple story of like, "Well, I went to Roman because Brock left." It turns out I'm still getting treated as badly, if not worse. At least I know what I'm getting with him uh, because he's no longer respected by the bloodline. He is he is feared and snarked at because of his association with Lesnar, and because. Uh, and remember the last time he had a fallen out with anybody, uh, CM Punk, he eventually will pick what he knows best. And what he knows best is that unjolly giant, Brock Lesnar. Unjolly. See what I did there? Uh, so I think, I think we're at the almost the end of the line for this run for Roman. Because people always say, well, what about The Rock? I don't think The Rock's really going to want a match. What I think happens is I think The Rock eventually gets one Uso, and Roman gets the other Uso, and they do a tag match that prevents Rock from taking serious risk because he's proven himself to be very injury-prone in his last several matches. He got hurt at WrestleMania 28 and 29. that had to halt production because I, apparently he's forgotten how to do the job. Uh, but if you don't come back till seven years, I wonder why. Um, but it's... So I think because of that, my, my, my dig at the Rock aside, I think given the fact that his last two matches haven't gone well in terms of staying healthy for production's sake. They'll do a tag match. He doesn't have to do a whole lot because uh, the whole thing can be we build towards a hot tag and get about five to ten minutes tops of Roman Reigns, and you'll blow the roof off of whatever stadium you're in. Uh, what do you think? 
McCarthy, do you think that uh, there's any chance that Lesnar's walking out of Crown Jewel as champion? Uh, and what does this mean for a potential Rock at Roman showdown? I think that there's a high probability that Brock Lesnar comes out of Crown Jewel as the champion. And I think you might have hit something on the head as far as the tag match goes. It's probably the best way to use the Rock right now. He's going to have ring rust. Those body calluses are long gone because he can't wrestle as often as he ever did. He was gone for seven years, came back, got hurt, got it put into his contracts that he's not allowed to participate in wrestling. So production doesn't hold again. So it, it would be plausible for them to have a big time blow off tag team match at WrestleMania instead of putting everything on Brock, on Roman Reigns and the rock. I mean, Honestly, them two staring across the ring from each other would blow the roof off, and that's almost all you need. I, I see if they do do one-on-one, it would be very Rock and Hogan-esque. More story-driven, more stare-downs, more holds to let the crowd really soak in the moment that they're getting. Yeah, and people always go, well, what would you do between Survivor Series and Mania for that match? You could honestly... You could have Roman join the like the tag team ranks with the Bloodline and do some Freebird rules with the tag titles, and you could slowly build towards, I don't know, Jimmy or Jay breaking away at the Rumble, and then you slowly build towards, I'm going to call Dwayne, and then you have that magic moment, because that's what it's all about anyway. Like, yes, this run has been incredible for Roman. Like, my bias against him aside. It's been incredible, but the story has always been, I'm doing this for the family. I'm doing this to be the head of the table to represent our legacy, and you could still go back to the eventual, what we have screamed for months on this show. Somebody, one of the Usos probably, has got to go, you have lost your way. You, it has gone too far. You have, it's, it's, like, uh, it's like Breaking Bad. Walter White started out doing a bad thing for a great reason. But by the end of that show, he loses his way and is taken over by the Heisenberg persona. So Roman has lost his way, and you can tell that story, and you don't need the belt. And no, I I, I know someone's going to hear this show and go, you always think Brock or Goldberg need the belt. No, Brock doesn't need it either. But you're getting to the point now where you're in Hogan territory where who the hell is going to beat him? You know, it's going to take time for Jeff Hardy to be a, a legitimate contender again. Not that I wouldn't hate Jeff Hardy being champion tomorrow, but the reality is with, with, with the build that we have done for Roman Reigns, like I said, it's, it's only on the level of the Mount Rushmore WWE and Hogan, Austin, and Rock, depending on what order you want to throw it in. And, and John Cena, of course. Um, but the reality is this, Brock Lesnar doesn't need that build because we already know how great Brock Lesnar is, and he's never... The, the rare times he loses, it's, it's so rare, it doesn't matter. Think about it. Roman Reigns is so big right now that because of based on recent matches and losses, even Goldberg is not a believable opponent at this moment for Roman Reigns. Think about how it's not on paper. I'm talking about even in kayfabe. I'm not talking about the match. I'm talking about in kayfabe, Goldberg has no longer done enough to be a legitimate contender to Roman Reigns. You are in rare air, in my opinion. Like I said, I think you're in Hogan territory. And what it take? It took Warrior being built up forever, and then they had the big moment. So I think I think Lesnar's got to be it, or else I because 
The problem is, is if you save it for Roman and Rock, then what? Is the Rock going to win and become champ? For how long? Who beats him? Who beats the Rock? Then what do you do? You're in such an... Where, where Brock is a little more committed due to his schedule than the Rock is. A lot of, a lot of things flying around, Rock and Brock. Because keep in mind, Brock has reportedly eight matches under this new deal. There's time to build, and there's time to lose, and there's time to rebuild. Where The Rock, given his Hollywood commitments, and, and rightfully so, if I was making billions of dollars, I think I'd, I'd stay there too. Doesn't have the time to do more than one, maybe two matches tops. Uh, and that's a big if. So, so who in the world does it? Uh, McCarthy, if they keep it on Roman, if Roman beats... Brock Lesnar, Crown Jewel, who's the guy to beat Roman Reigns? I don't know, because everyone on SmackDown you have to build. Cesaro's been gone for months. Sheamus won't be there till after Crown Jewel. Neither will Jeff Hardy. There's not a lot of options to beat Roman Reigns unless he's about to be a two-year champion, because it's going to take time. Maybe Cesaro, if he wouldn't have been gone for so long after the feud with Seth, could have been viable to defeat Roman just because we all know how good the Swiss cyborg is and he's naturally and ridiculously strong. But same with Sheamus. Yeah, he's been built up, but he just lost the U.S. title. He's been he was in that long feud with Damian Priest and the same problem comes around. He's just now on SmackDown. He's not going to be he's the closest you have to a believable contender right now because he's still been active all summer to defeating Roman Reigns. But that barely works because they're both heel, unless Sheamus somehow makes a face turn, which I don't think any of us want to see. He's so much better as a heel. But you you have Drew, but is Drew going to beat Roman Reigns? That's the question. So you have, like, two people that can legitimately get in a feud with Roman, and you can believe they might win. And as we know, I'm a huge Drew fan, so so it wouldn't apply to me, but the problem is if you have Drew beat Roman anytime soon... And I mean, anytime within the next until SummerSlam, people are going to turn on him like they're doing Cody in AEW. If that happens, uh, Drew McIntyre hits Roman Reigns' face and John Cena face levels of polarization. Where, yeah, he's going to be over with the kids, but the adults are going to hate him and want to crucify him, don't you think? I want to go that far. Drew doesn't get shoved down our throats as much as, as Roman and Cena has in the past. But he would if he beat Roman. If he's the guy to beat Roman after, because he's only had like two months out of the spotlight. And I and I was I disagree with that. But again, I know I'm a little biased because I'm a big fan of him. Um, he's probably my favorite full timer besides Styles. And so it is. It's a it's a conundrum to be in. Napper, you're the conundrum figure outer guy. Oh boy! If Brock Lesnar does not beat Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel. Who's the guy to beat Roman? Is it The Rock? If so, who's The Rock losing to? If it's not The Rock, then who the hell is it? I don't think it's The Rock because I do think you're right. I don't think it's going to be a singles match with him and The Rock. Uh, If it's not Brock, the only guy that really makes any sense to me is honestly Drew. And if it's not Drew, the only other one that I think is remotely plausible is Sheamus. 
That's the only other one I can really think of. They could build Rich Holland up to that. I'm not saying they can't, but that that you need a long build for that. You'd have to start right now. You'd have yeah. You would have to start, and that's the problem. Like you can't start right now because the the thing doesn't take effect until the 22nd. Again, it's uh, people have people. I know you guys haven't, but I've seen comments on them and people kind of scoff at me about this. You know, we're getting into Hogan territory. We're getting into Hogan 80s territory. Well, and we said the same thing about Bobby. Like, how do you get it off Bobby? Well, they found a way. That's fair. Use the, use the, uh, but they don't have that now. You can't use a Money in the Bank briefcase anymore. You could use the Rumble, but that, then again, like, that's the other problem. He's carrying it until Rumble then at that point. So, if you're looking for a short-term answer, it's either Brock, Drew, Sheamus. If it's not, and then you you do have a plan D, but Roman would have to get on the bad side of Adam Pierce and be forced into a ladder match with Jeff, because that's the only way you could see Jeff Hardy beating Roman. But but that's still months away. When is TLC? December. You'd have to start right now. You'd have uh, no later than that Friday after Crown Jewel. And it had to be something they're committed to. And frankly, let's be honest, Vince hasn't shown the ability to, to be that committed to anything anymore besides Roman Reigns or John Cena. Or maybe Drew, but even that's lost its luster lately. It, not to me, but I'm saying in the grand scheme of how it's built. You are in such a conundrum. Such a conundrum. So, I, I don't know. Uh, let's talk Seth Rollins in Bait and Edge's house. This was great. This was fantastic. It was disturbing enough that you're like, oh my God, what's wrong with Seth Rollins? But comfortable enough that you're like, I ought to flip the TV. You know, you because the problem with the Miz and Bray Wyatt thing was it was like, damn, this is really creepy. This is almost cringe. But it was enough to where his girls aren't there. I don't know why they leave the door locked. We're in 2021. Uh, but like, like, let's... Like, lock the damn door. Um, he lives out in the middle of nowhere. It's fine. This was fantastic, in my opinion. It added a, a, a more, I think, psychopathic layer uh, to Seth Rollins' character. I know that's odd to say, given what we've seen over the last year or so. But this is the first time that he's broken into somebody's home. And, I mean, he's he's got his house, feet up with his orange juice, and he's lounging in his living room with all his books there, and he's got the fireplace. And Mr. McCarthy, thoughts on Seth Rollins uh, turning Edge's house into a B&B? This was my absolute favorite part of SmackDown. It was completely ridiculous, over the top, exactly what you expect of Seth Rollins, but not so far over the top that it was campy and stupid. Seth Rollins really has learned how to walk that fine line of just can't be enough. You factor, you know, you put in the factor of he broke into someone's house, which is an angle they have not done for a long time. And Edge's reaction helped sell it too. Those eyes got big as hell when he's like, hold on, wait, I, I recognize that front door corner. And then they slowly pan out and slowly pan out and his eyes just get bigger and bigger until you see the Copeland signed on his front door. And it was, it was perfectly done. And 
in my review, because I was trying to keep up with everything, I kind of was like, it didn't really make sense for Edge to like sprint out of there. Like, what the hell is he going to do? But they fixed that problem shortly later by having him, you know, call FTR, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, he's going to call FTR? To hell Which just shows how lies. much pull he has in the back, because Vince didn't even care. It's not because he didn't mention them by their their kayfabe wrestling name. He just threw out their first name. So really only insiders that pay attention to everything in the wrestling business like us would have noticed who they were. I think it was perfectly done. It was a great segment to get us ready for their match at Crown Jewel. That match is going to be legit, just like all of their matches have been so far. Yeah, I, I loved it because I was like, damn, the forbidden door is finally open. There we are. What's up, FTR? Uh, let's see if Vince gets him on, t- gets him on TV and gets him in those ridiculous outfits he pitched before they left. <laughs> so, um, uh, but yeah, this was perfect in my opinion. What'd you think of it? Mr. Napper? Yeah, I, I thought it was very perfect. Um, it definitely reminded me of the old triple H and Randy segment, even though, you know, edge wasn't able to get back to his house or wasn't at his house, but it brought back vibes of that. And it was just, they did this so well. And at first I have to be honest, like with the Seth character, like the whole bouncing around and being all happy. is like, okay, that's kind of corny. I don't know if I like that. Cause at first, like he was the Monday night Messiah. He was acting a little bit more serious and now he's kind of like all over the place. But I, like you pointed out, he's kind of become that deranged character to where you really feel like, oh, my gosh, he's really losing his mind. He will once again become the Monday Night Messiah. Yeah, he probably is in his own head. Uh, but uh, to me, that's where it kind of – I started to enjoy it again because being in that house and started he started you know doing it again where he's like just bouncing around and laughing and just being so maniacal. It's like, all right, I can get behind this. If this is the route we're going with this Seth Rollins, I can get behind this. He's deranged, losing his mind, and absolutely obsessed with Edge. And that's a great story. I really cannot wait to see how this match turns out because I I think this one could be the best one of the three. I agree. I think I think this could be very, very special. Um, Sasha Banks defeated Bianca Belair. I don't care. You got any thoughts on that, boys? Anything at all, McCarthy? Okay. What and it it didn't live up to the level of their match at WrestleMania, so not really. Yeah. Street Profits in the New Day defeated Outham Academy and the Dirty Dogs. Any thoughts on that? No, I just, no. Yep. Yeah. And finally, Liv Morgan versus Carmella in a no contest. Why? Why are we still doing this match? We just had it at the kickoff show for Extreme Rules. Time to move alone. I mean, they kind of did. And that mask looks terrible, too. It looked all like... like, It was like a silicone mask. It didn't even look like a protective mask. At least throw a mask on, like, Seamus. Like, what are you doing? It looks like they bedazzled the mask they had in the original The Mask. Yeah. Ouch. Yep, I agree. (laughs) Because I I actually saw that. I think it was on Twitter. I saw a side-by-side of that mask and this mask. It's just... Yeah, it looks like they basically just bedazzled that mask. But at least Carmelo is going to Raw, so hopefully this is over. 
so she can be with Habu. Uh, but yeah, I got to give Corey Graves credit. He, he sells the fat to Carmella every time he's around her, and that's pretty damn cool. <laughs> that's how you ought to react to your lady. So, uh, so I'm all right with that. All right, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break here. We're going to plug a little merch. So we're gonna plug some merch when we come back. We're gonna talk about a little dynamite. Dynamite. Oh yeah. Dynamite. Are we ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. We'll be right back. To the turnbook. 